0: All right, welcome to the Sons of Fantasy Football League podcast. I'm your host and commish, the Denver Desert Dog, Matt Kozlowski, joining me tonight from two and O T Bag. You all laughed, Shane Stein.
1: Great to be here, Matt. Yeah, just another ho hum two and O start over here, Teabag Land. Um, haven't looked at the stats, but the the no running back strategy that I was made fun of seems to be working to this point. Um, off to the start that everyone expected here. Just dominating through two weeks. Um, see you guys in the playoffs.
0: Um, just looking at the stats now. Um... Second third least points against fourth matchup
2: sc- league, plenty of other leagues. Fourth and fourth fourth in
0: scoring. You know. Um and that was the you don't voice You like
2: it. Plenty of other leagues you can join.
0: That was the voice of <laughs> Phil Bruce from the O and two Seawolves. I'm just gonna get the league ready right now. Teabag winning. Seawolves losing sounds like a trade deadline nightmare.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm glad you mentioned it. Uh, It's coming. Just everybody get ready. Uh, I don't want to hear any shit when I sell Henry and Eckler for pennies on the dollar to Shane while I have a better offer from everybody else. Uh, Good to be here.
0: Um, Seawolves just getting the uh,
1: royal treatment here, defending champs. Most points against in the league.
2: (laughs) Mm -hmm. That sounds right.
0: Well, I know there's one player you won't be trading, and that's Jerome Ford because he's now impossible to trade. Um, But we're going to get into that after trivia. So take us away, Shane.
1: Yeah, I didn't have a whole lot of time today. I actually had a busy day. So had to go back to the well here. Pretty similar question that we've done in the past.
2: So I'm pretty sure we've probably done something close to this a number of times, I'm sure. Shane <laughs> uh,
1: We'll pre- premise this with Marshall Falk is not on this list. Um, but since 2018, um, there have been, so the last five plus seasons of football here, there have been 13 players, that have scored 50 or more touchdowns. So I'm looking for the big-time touchdown scores for the last five years in the NFL. Derrick Henry is on this list. King Henry tops the list. 71 touchdowns. Thank
2: God. Anyone want to go ahead and take a guess at how many
0: of those are rushing and how many are receiving? Uh, 68 rushing, 3 receiving.
1: Pretty damn close. It's
0: 69
1: and 2. <laughs> yeah. Dude has wow. 2 rushing touchdowns in 5 plus seasons. Or er, receiving touchdowns. In. That's, I thought that was outstanding. That's, <laughs> that's, cr- that's incredible. Um,
0: I will say Travis Kelsey.
1: So Travis Kelsey is tied for 12th. He is on the list. He has fifty touchdowns in the last five past years. This is since twenty eighteen. Hmm. I thought that was low.
0: Yeah, yeah, I was expecting higher.
1: Tyreek Hill is on this list. Tyreek Hill tied for third, fifty nine touchdowns.
0: Uh, Devonte Adams.
1: Devontae Adams, number two. 62 touchdowns.
0: They all active? Uh,
1: these guys are all active. Okay. Some more than others. <laughs> um... There is a reason for the question. Just I'm gonna say run CMC is somewhere on this list. Run CMC is tied for seventh with fifty-five touchdowns.
0: Wow. That's surprising. Um This might be too early for this. Give me big Mike Evans.
1: Big Mike, he's on the list. 52 touchdowns, he's 10th. He has 51 receiving, and he had a return touchdown.
0: What? I thought
1: that was interesting.
0: <laughs> yeah, that doesn't make a lot of sense.
1: No. Hmm.
2: Ezekiel Elliott. Hmm.
1: Ezekiel Elliott is on the list. Tides are for seventh with 55 as well.
0: Good pull there. It's one that would have been hard to get, I think. Alright, so we got nine so far that we've answered or seven?
1: So far you've gotten
0: one, two, three, seven. All right. Um I think he's on here. Austin Eckler.
1: Austin Eckler also tied for third with, Reek with 59 touchdowns. Woo. Th- 33 rushing, 26 receiving. Pretty impressive.
0: God
2: damn, I know this name's not on the list, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um. Now hold on. let me see if I can pull somebody better. Uh. All right. I'm gonna say Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones tied for th- fifth. Okay. With 58 touchdowns. Wow.
0: I think this is the reason for the question. Nick Chubb.
1: Nick Chubb, tied for 10th, may have scored his last and 52nd touchdown this year. How many more do we have left?
0: He didn't score a touchdown this year, though.
1: Oh, he didn't? I thought he scored week one. My fault.
0: No, that's why you lost all your that's
1: bets. Right. Yeah, that's right. Correct. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, may have uh, have scored his last one.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Two left, right? There are three left. Three left, all right.
2: Oh, man. Oh.
1: all three pretty uh (laughs) pretty significant and funny pieces kind of to the history of uh softball for sure Mm.
2: Joe Mixon Joe Mixon's not on this ah, just missed the 13th uh,
1: Joe Mixon <laughs> you don't need to scroll 46
0: touchdowns um, let me go for the Alvin Kamara
1: Alvin Kamara former desert dog great I guess current
0: current does about great. <laughs>
1: current does about great. Fifty-eight touchdowns tied for fifth with Aaron Jones. They've pretty much been the exact same player. Forty one and seventeen for Kamara, rushing receiving, forty and eighteen for Jones. Same amount. Just pretty much been the exact same player. Uh, Dalvin Dalton. Cook. Dalvin Cook, Seawolf great. Tied for twelfth with fifty touchdowns. Even the Seawolves out. just littered with touchdown makers.
0: Oh one left, huh?
1: One left. Um surprised you guys didn't get him considering you are probably his two biggest fans. I
2: don't think it's um, Judy. He is a
1: former teabag great. I know who it is. Didn't get a whole lot of burn in the starting lineup, but he is a former teabag great.
0: There's no way.
1: <laughs>
2: Reason for every question.
0: James Conner? James, James Conner, 53 That's touchdowns. That's awful. That is awful.
1: 53 touchdowns. He's trying to... Uh, Trying to induce a Saquon Barkley guess. He only has 39. Um, almost making this list. Got to get him on the pod. Todd Gurley. Oh yeah. 44 oh, touchdowns God. since 2018. He's <laughs> I feel like he's been out of the league the whole time. How so do we? Even How do we? That works
0: in- <laughs> yeah, I. That's why I asked if they were active because I knew he'd be really close. <laughs>
1: Look, he's been out of the league since eighteen,
0: and he still has forty-four somehow. Um, well, even that year with the Falcons, I think he got close to ten touchdowns. <laughs> guy knew how to, guy knew how to get it across the goal line. Cover <laughs> yourself up, Jesus!
1: You're, come on. Go, please, go off camera next time you're going to do that. My God. <laughs> Try yourself off. You guys are idiots.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, maybe the next member of the 50 Touchdown Club will be Jerome Ford. um, Saw something we'd never seen before. And that was yesterday, a full hundo dropped on Jerome Ford. I I apologize. Before we get
1: into this, there was one thing I wanted to touch on. The next person, I'm funny that you said that, because the next person likely to join this club, can you guess who it is? He's t- he would be the. So there's people with 13 with 50. Then the next, there's two people tied with 47.
0: Is it Kareem Hunt?
1: No. Oh. None other than TJ Lockett.
0: <laughs> uh-huh.
1: Tyler, right. Mr. Tyler Lockett.
2: Tyler Duckett. Tyler Duckett. And. TJ.
1: Just want to go ahead. And say he has 47 receiving touchdowns,
2: zero return.
0: <laughs> that that can't be true. <laughs> There's no way that's zero true. Zero return touchdowns. He definitely zero ran one touchdowns. back before. <laughs> Not since 2018. So okay,
1: We got to right. we, we go pre- yeah. pre-2018 before the catch one, receive one.
0: How fucking good Mom is that back. guy? How fucking good is Tyler Lockett?
1: <laughs> the stud. Won me some bucks last
0: week. gotta appreciate him. Yeah, he's just... An absolute animal. Um, Alright, let's get into it. Yeah, so... Obviously... Dirty hit by Minka Fitzpatrick. Destroys Nick Chubb. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That was very tongue-in-cheek.
2: Still a top-ten keeper.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, A player just scored a touchdown I've never heard of. Some guy named Bell... Uh, Phil, you went the full hundred for Jerome Ford. Um, I knew it was going to be a big number. I can only help but feel like you uh, did that to cause some content for the podcast. Yeah, didn't
2: really care about overpaying. Desperation time. in Seawolf Country. We needed it. Um, as Shane would say, I'm two injuries away from having six RB1s just building a stable over here. <laughs> um, look, he looked good against the Steelers. They're going to run the too. ball. They're a bad team. Didn't love Kareem Hunt. I uh, think he's got a lot of tread left on the tires despite what Cleveland's building in a very controversial character question in backfield. But he looked good. I need the help. No doubt about that. A lot of these guys I was hoping on are just not not panning out. So I'll be picking up all the fodder on the waiver wire rest of the season.
0: Shane, yeah. how, Shane how did you think he looked Monday night? I thought the same thing. I thought he looked really good.
1: Yeah, I thought he looked good. I, and, I mean, Nick Chubb's an outstanding player. Let's, let's, let's not get that twisted. But, I mean... I, no other person shows this more than, than my strategy, pretty much year in, year out. Is, and you're seeing it right now. The running back position is like a carousel. It's just totally replaceable on, on most occasions. I mean, Nick Chubb's an outstanding player, but Jerome Ford steps in, goes for over 100, scores a tutter. I mean, you, you just never know the, the injuries that are going to happen to running backs. It happens every year where a handful of guys... Are are out and there's new guys that come mixed in and they step in and it's just it's so dependent on other things of and the, the talent level gap between running backs is I feel like so small. I mean, if you get yourself in a good situation, you can be fantasy relevant in the blink of an eye, and that's what we're seeing here. I, I don't mind the buy by Phil. Obviously, I had a big bid in for him. I bid seventy. Um, I know there was another 70. I'm not sure. I, didn't, I know you, you said what the bid were. I don't know who they were, though.
0: Spears had 70. Okay.
1: So, I mean, there was a lot of bidding going on on the guy. I mean, hard to believe that there's going to be a better situation for a player to fall into the rest of the season. We'll see. Um, but, yeah, I mean, desperation time for the Seawolves. Got to figure this guy falls right into a close to 20-touch guy. Um, in that offense, there's not a whole lot of competition there. They bring in Kareem Hunt. We'll see if he has anything left. Um, gotta figure this guy mixes right into the RB1 conversation, WrestleWay.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm glad you kind of brought that up. I mean, uh, there's probably not a bigger Nick Chubb fan in the league than myself. I mean, I think he's obviously really good. Phil's made fun of me for, for about 10 years now. Um, but part of what you love about Nick Chubb, is that there's really no competition for carries. And I think it's going to be the same thing with this guy. I mean, they obviously felt good enough about him that they didn't feel the need to bring Kareem Hunt back to start the season. So I think it's his his backfield um, from here on out. And I haven't seen enough from the Browns to make me feel like They're comfortable letting Watson chuck it 40 times a game. So 20 carries, 20 touches a game for Ford feels very doable. Um, With that being said, there was a $58 bid placed on Kareem Hunt. And I feel like we've dunked on tires a few times in this podcast, so I'm not trying to do that, but that feels like a lot for a player that was not on a roster a week ago I don't know what you guys think
1: yeah I'm never more really going uh, I'm kind of going all in here on a, on, a, on a big question mark um big question mark is gotta figure that even if he is relevant it's not gonna be for a couple of weeks I would imagine um but at the same time, um, Kareem Hunt's been in the offense. It's not like it should take him too long to get accustomed to being back in there. Um, could really, we've seen in the past, he's a really talented guy. I don't know how much he has, has left in the tank or, or tread on the tire, as, as Phil would say. But it's one of those moves that, that could be kind of make or, break, make or break. I mean, he's obviously not going to have a whole lot left in the tanks. He could be acquiring players rest of the year. But if if Hunt pans out and and slices into that role that we've seen him have for the last couple of years, he could end up being a a serviceable RB2 with some RB1 upside.
2: I like Kareem Hunt. I agree it's going to be a a little bit, but maybe in like two to three weeks, he's a pretty good flex play and he can catch the ball out of the backfield. Uh, I also saw a video of him working out on TikTok, shirtless, which tells me he's in football shape still he's kept his body in peak condition he'll be fine he'll be a rest of season flex but probably starting week six or seven for me okay
0: um I think the player that was picked up this week that might have the best week of all the players picked up is uh Fedley's pickup Kendra Miller um might only be a one week thing. Kamara is still obviously out this week for a suspension. Saw Jamal Williams pull a hamstring on Monday night. Um, Kendry Miller is apparently going to be good to go this week, um, and could be the only guy in town for New Orleans. He was a guy that got a ton of buzz in the off season. Um, and Fegley scoops him for thirteen dollars. Anything to discuss with that?
1: Yeah I'm glad you brought it up because I thought it was a really sneaky really good buy um, obviously a ton of upside for this week but I think there, there might be some for rest of season as well there um, I'm pretty high on the guy as well I um, think there, there's some potential there for a sneaky bottom tier like RB2 ish production here for Miller even with Kamara on the field um, certainly some chance for our RB1
2: status this week. I mean, let's be clear. This is an Alave offense, but they're going to have to run the ball a little bit. Uh, I like to pick up Fegley, as always, playing chess. We're all playing checkers, bidding $100 on these other players. I like to pick up. He's going to be good. Kind of agree with Shane that he's going to have some low-end RB2 appeal, even with Kamara
0: coming back now that it's the same weight. Yeah, I had the only other bit on Miller I put just to try to get him for free, <clears throat> trying to think that maybe everyone would be focused on the Browns' backfield, but like you said, Fegley's playing chess. Um, don't really feel like we need to talk about Robert Woods or Craig Reynolds, but um, the other thing I want to talk about in relation to this is I put a message out on the ESPN uh, league chat. Um, just to get a feel for things. There was, you know, fegley has been helping me out with the spreadsheet that keeps salaries and just wanted to get your guys' thoughts on it. Um, We had a data entry error that almost led uh, Fegs and I to believe that Phil had gone over his $300 salary cap by acquiring Jerome Ford for $100. So it ended up being that we just had one player in correctly and that's, we got that fixed, but uh, in talking to him about it, we brought up the question, what do we do if somebody makes a bid and it puts them over? And there were only two options I could think of. It was either let that player drop someone else to make it work or manually redo the waiver bids and um, give it to the next person that got them and manually adjust everything. And I think... In talking further with Fegs about it, I think that's the way to go, that we'd have to just assume that that's an illegal bid and redo waivers manually, seeing that we get the offer report because um, I just think that's the way to go. I mean, if it was a trade that puts people over, I usually let the teams know and let them rework a different deal if they want to to make it work. But this is different, um, and I think that's the way to go. I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on it since... Nobody really responded to my message. Oh uh,
1: yeah, I was I was wondering how Phil had the room for him.
2: Do you have the Do you have? Well, I I started with less than two hundred. Got it. So that yeah. would have been.
1: Yeah, I I was wondering. I mean, with the hundred dollar bid, if you if you even had enough. Cap space to hold the guy.
0: Um, I mean, I don't. I don't know what. I'm pulling it up now, but yeah, he had enough room.
2: The only way you wouldn't have enough room is if you started with more draft cash. If you started. Yeah, with... but I, I, I. knew you had.
1: Get um, a couple guys on your IR, did you? With Eckler, so, so I didn't know if having the extra guys put you over or not.
0: He's at two ninety four. Okay.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I mean, I don't know. I guess
0: the only reason why we said that um the main reason we said to do it that way and we think that's the way to go is otherwise if you feel like there's somebody like if you let give that person the ability to change their drop or throw the guy back out there, um it possibly opens up some room for people just trying to throw out bids to block people below them that they don't want to get them. And then once they see what the report would have been, then they can say, all right, no, never mind. That guy wasn't going for him, so I don't need to worry about it. Like,
2: no.
0: I think it just has to... Can you go over the
2: solution one more time? Because I, I think I'm tracking with it. I so, sure. yeah. So,
0: for example, if this bid had put you over... Yeah. Um, the next person on the offer report was Spears for seventy dollars, so I would have put Alan Robinson back on your team, and I would have added Jerome Ford and given you your hundred dollar fab back, and then I would have added Jerome Ford to Shane to uh, Spears's team, and subtracted seventy from his fab. So I would have just reprocessed waivers, basically. Um, why not?
2: Why not just say? Like, okay, if I bid a hundred and my max is ninety four, why not just recast the bid and look at my max and oh well he could only bid ninety four, so we'll give it to him at ninety four versus just going to the next person on the
0: list. Because we have a spreadsheet available that everyone has access to that you could have yourself made a ninety four dollar bid knowing that was your <laughs> max. I'm not trying to be a dick. That's that's just that's the answer. Oh, okay.
2: So what, what what's the question then? If we already have the answer,
0: we don't have the answer. I'm saying that's the answer to your question, not the answer to oh, the okay. problem. Um, I just wanted to get the league's thoughts on it. I mean, I think that's the way it should go. But I'm not. If everyone's like, give them a chance to change their bid, then or change their drop. Um, not their bid, chain, like if you wanted to get him, you could drop a player that was more expensive than Allen Robinson. So you could have, you know, maybe you want to play, maybe you drop Alvin Cook instead, you know? Yeah, okay. so, um, Just wanted to throw out what the league thought was best, so that's all. So if you guys have thoughts after listening to this, let us know. It hasn't happened yet. Um, but and it hasn't happened in however many years we've had this league, but just thought it was a good what if scenario to actually discuss.
1: It definitely definitely could though. I mean I could see yeah. myself doing it. I don't ever I don't even know how to see the spreadsheet, so <laughs> I, I never look at the spreadsheet,
2: so I wouldn't even know. I, I wouldn't Let even... learn a league post. My God. What's wrong? I I didn't even know we had a league post
0: function on the app. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of the new things they added this year to the ESPN website and I think it's it's actually nice. Like the offers report actually works on the app now so you can see what guys offered right away. Um, you know, I just think it's a nice thing that they added to ESPN this year for fantasy football. Um. All right, you guys ready to get into the matchups? Let's do it. All right, let's start off with Nevermore against the Renegades. Oh God! Here's Phil's first post. Agreed. Penalty. Fuck them. <laughs> all right. From the words of our league champs' mouths. All right, never, Nevermore projected to win right now, 108-81. to 81. Um, One player in play in this matchup, it's Matt Breida from the Giants. Uh, Feg's running him out there as the Saquon backup. Uh, on the Renegade side, we got Dak, Matt Breida, Kendra Miller, Mike Evans, Drake London, Hunter Henry, Zay Flowers, and Gabe Davis. Um, Not necessarily important for this matchup, but I think it's worth talking about. Uh, On his bench, one of his keepers, Cam Akers, traded to Minnesota this week. What are your guys' thoughts on Cam Akers as a part of the Vikings' backfield?
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, Madison has not looked great so far this year. I feel like Minnesota's Willing to give anyone a try at this point? Um, I just don't see a scenario where the Vikings are going to have much room for Acres' style of play. I, I don't know. Um, I, I don't see a situation where the Vikings aren't throwing the ball like forty times a game. Um, I, I don't. I don't know that Acres is going to bring much value.
2: Yeah, just a trade where you almost think it just makes Madison and Acres worse somehow. <laughs> like you you're not going to feel good about putting either of those guys in your lineup. Um the shame for for Madison, I I just after 2 weeks I don't know if they really gave him a fair shot to to be the workhorse. Uh Something's wrong with Acres. It's just, it's off. It doesn't feel right. Um, this is like a, like one more shot he's got in the league. I could very well see him being, being out of the league uh, next year. Um Yeah, everybody gets worse. But let's, let's see. Probably one of those Shane Stein specials where you need an injury to make either of those guys relevant now.
0: Um, I might be different here. I think I like it. Uh, for Acres and for Minnesota. Um, I don't know that there's immediate relevance. But I also don't know that we know that Cam Akers is good or bad. Um, you know, high draft capital taken. I think in the second round by the Rams. Um, obviously, pretty good college pedigree. Seen him do some really good things for the Rams too, but. His time with the Rams has been littered with injuries, bad offensive line, and obviously some disagreements between the coach and himself. So I think it's really hard to evaluate Cam Aker's talent. If you're going to go to an offensive team, I think Minnesota's a pretty good one to go to. With that being said, I do agree with Shane's statement about them needing to just throw the ball a lot. Um, But I think the opportunities will be there long-term. And, you know, I think... Generally, people were questioning whether Madison could be a number one running back. I mean, Dalvin Cook was a locked and loaded first rounder. Madison was going fairly late in drafts, I want to say. Um, And even times when Cook's been hurt, it's been about 50-50 whether or not Madison had a worthwhile game. So, I think it's a good move. Uh, Very little risk for Minnesota. And I think Akers ends up Having some value here in a couple weeks. On the Nevermore side, Lamar Jackson, Jameer Gibbs, Raheem Mostert, Calvin Ridley, Stephon Diggs, Dalton Kincaid, James Cook, Michael Pittman. Uh, Watched the whole Sunday night game with the Dolphins and the Pats. Uh, Mostert looked, I thought, pretty good. Um, He's a guy that's had relevance in this league. I think he is the second most uh, rushing yards in a game in playoff history. In that game against the Packers a couple years ago in the NFC Championship. Um, Talked a little bit on the broadcast Sunday night about how he put on weight this year to try to avoid injuries. And while he's 31, you know, he started basically his career at the age of 26 with the Niners. So, um, while He's a little old for running back age. He might not be old in terms of time in the league. And he still feels like he's got a lot of game left in him. And, you know, if he is able to stay on the field in that offense with his speed and skill set, I feel like we're looking at a really good player for this year in fantasy football. What are your guys' thoughts on Mostert?
1: Yeah, obviously I uh, I was watching that game pretty closely. Uh, He was trying to track me down. Um, and he almost did um, pop that 43-yard tutter in the fourth quarter the other night. Um, huge game. Looked explosive. Um, he's always been an explosive player, so I mean that's not anything new that we're seeing. It's always been a question of health with him. Um, can he stay healthy for while well, getting a full workload? Um, hasn't really proven that he can do that in his career, um, but like you said, this is a Another situation where he finds himself in a good offense. This one might even be better than the one he was in. Um there's just so much pressure on the defense to cover those guys um with Hill and Waddle on the outside that it's just a running back kind of dream for for a fantasy situation. Um so I mean health health stays there and he and he and he can okay. make it through the season. There's absolutely zero reason that he doesn't finish as an RB1
2: this year. Zero reason? I yep. can think of three. J. <laughs> Once that guy comes back from IR, he's going to get some run. It's going to be more of a split carry backfield. Took a lot of shit for drafting JWJ. The guy's solid. I'm not convinced he's not the best running back at Miami. We'll see what happens uh, after he comes off of IR. I I am part of the JWJ truther bandwagon bus.
0: Nice. I'm proud of you for going out there and making a take like that, because that's a bad one, but um, (laughs) (laughs) I like you taking a stance like that. That's good. We'll check in.
2: You think it's any worse than Pollard should have been number one overall? I, think. I didn't
0: say that. See, you take <laughs> oh, the things so you, I say,
2: people are saying, slightly people twist saying. them, not, not and
0: then speak people of them saying. in absolutes. So, just <laughs> um, find
2: these takes from the darkest corners of TikTok and bring them onto this.
0: Yeah.
2: How do we have any subscribers?
0: Carson Wentz uh, was never mentioned as a potential keeper. With he the new is role. on
2: this list. I'm gonna find it in the archives.
0: Alright, um I'm taking Nevermore to win. By the way, Nevermore got a little bit of beef at the podcast. He feels like we talked his team up a little too hard last week and that's why he lost the teabag.
1: He lost the teabag because I'm a lucky son of a
2: bitch.
0: <laughs> CMC in the end zone. Good. I'm taking nevermore.
1: Oh man. Um yeah, give me Nevermore this week. Seems pretty good. I
2: oh got look at this roster. Got a running back, at quarterback, Gibbs, Mozart, Ridley, Diggs. Uh I want to take Nevermore, uh, but not for the reason you guys think. It's a good team, but we're gonna get one of those. Beautiful Kincaid paintings Sunday at Washington football team. That guy's going off. Breakout game. Give me Nevermore.
0: Glad you brought that up. One thing I have against the Nevermore squad, three Buffalo Bills in the lineup. Yep. That's um, that's risky. So. so I played them last week. That's why I was high on them against the Raiders. That's so why I thought Nevermore was going to score so much. They put up
1: 38 points, and somehow, like, none of his guys had really good wings. Yeah. There was a Lat murray totter in there.
2: I mean, like it, it like, I mean, I mean, Cook was good, but it wasn't, like, crazy
0: good. No totter. Josh Allen finished at 29.66. Just shy of that 30 number, I said. Ugh. <sighs> All right, next game, Dogs versus Wolves. The canine. How is
2: this not matchup of the week? Loser leaves town. Come on.
0: Because I'm 1-1. One one.
2: Yeah, Cos came back in won, so it changed that. So it's only me that leaves town if I lose. <laughs> <laughs> the Wolves leave town, matchup.
0: Uh, <laughs> d- desert Dog side. Patrick Mahomes, Ramondre Stevenson, Khalil Herbert, CeeDee Lamb, Tyler Lockett, Evan Engram... DeAndre Hopkins and Milk Carton 1.0. Seawolves. You got a lot of energy for saying that
2: lineup. I'm proud of you. <laughs>
0: Seawolves, Josh Allen, Derek Henry, Jerome Ford, Chris Olave, A.J. Brown, George Kittle, Dalvin Cook, and MVS. I was really hoping Zeke would be in the lineup against me this week like he was last week, but Jerome Ford replaces him in the lineup. We're um, going to get that clear in there. Don't worry have questions about why Rashad Bateman is rostered on this team, but we can save that for after the podcast. Moving over to my team. Uh, let's talk about Milk Carton. It's um, been okay with the effort in the last two weeks. We've had five for 61 on eight targets, seven for 55 on nine targets. Um, gotten a post-game altercation with Derek Brown from the Panthers, so he's still what some might call a fuckboy. Um, but Michael Thomas, he's been okay. He looks to be out there. He looks to definitely be a part of the offense. What have you guys thought about Michael Thomas so far, and what do you think about him this week at Green Bay? <laughs> yeah, so from what i see, I mean, target share still there.
1: Target share still there. Um, serviceable. Um, route tree, a little <laughs> concerning. Route shrub. Route <laughs> shrub, route shrub yeah. if, as, as Ed would say. A uh, lot of uh, four-yard slants <laughs> <laughs> is what I've seen. He is, he is <laughs> um, they don't
0: call him slant boy for nothing.
1: <laughs> so, I don't know how much that's changed. He's, he's always kind of been his, his go-to. Um, not a whole lot of depth of target, <laughs> but... I mean, obviously they want to get up the ball. They're, they're still trying to – still a big part of the offense, which is nice for you to see.
0: I mean, I think the days of his 10 to
1: 12 catches <laughs> every game is, is obviously over, but serviceable flex play for sure. I mean, getting close to double digits without any tutters. So you, you mix a tutter in there and you got yourself a got yourself a really nice game. So – got to be a little bit encouraged I'd say with uh, with how he's performed so far
2: yeah anytime you can slot in wide receiver 46 <laughs> when he hasn't been injured or missed any games you, you, you got to do it why, why are we talking about Michael Thomas what was just, the question
0: alright going over to <laughs> Phil's team
2: 100 <laughs> uh, yards for two games
0: let's talk about the king Derrick Henry at Cleveland this week um, running back eight on the year so far. 25 for eighty in a tutter last week and a great matchup against uh, the Chargers. So uh, he's been okay so far. Um, not a lot of issues with Hen- what Henry's put out there. We saw Najee Harris on Monday night against Cleveland look like he was running in quicksand. I uh, want to know what your guys' thoughts are on Derek Henry and make sure you talk for two minutes because I gotta go take a leak I'll be right back
2: God subscribers are just dropping like flies <laughs> <laughs> you can um, think of one of those advertising dollars I mean
0: I,
1: I think there's a, a significant maybe not significant but at this point in their careers but I'm gonna take Derek Henry over Najee Harris um I mean, listen, the King, he, he's eventually going to lose a step. I still think there's there's still some stuff left in the tank. Um, I'm not just not sure that Tennessee is very good. I don't think they're going to be winning a whole lot. And the formula for Henry to be very successful is for them to keep the game close, play with from ahead. Um, I think what's going to hurt his value is they're going to be playing from behind a lot this year. So um like the Cleveland defense I think it's a tough matchup um but i still don't see a reason where henry's not getting 18 20 carries this week so still should be productive
2: look he he's an every week rb1 i don't i don't know what else you want from the the guy yeah his team sucks he's putting fans in the seats people love him i i got to check my programming this is a color rush game uh, watch out if he comes out on those powder blues. One point I, I would like to refute from cause trying to, to draw any kind of conclusion from watching a Mike Tomlin offense is... <laughs> it, I mean, it's negligent. It, it's Look, Monday night game, AFC North, prime time, nationalized audience, all watching AFC North football. Browns know us. We know the Browns. Smash mouth AFC North football. Literally saying nothing at all. <laughs> it's it's pathetic. It's poor Kenny Pickett. Poor Pickens. Uh, their defense outscores their offense yet again. You can't, you can't draw any kind of a meaningful conclusion when Mike Tomlin's running X and O's is for an offense. And they're just a pathetic excuse. And to um, answer the question, Derrick Henry, every week RB1, the guy's a freaking legend. No reason that stops this week.
0: All right. I caught enough of that, I feel like, that I needed to. Um <clears throat>
1: Quoted Mike Tomlin, talked about yeah. a
0: color rush. All the same. Normative. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's pick a winner. George Kittle Thanks. so far approaching halftime as 3.6. Right now the Dogs are two and a half point favorites over the Seawolves. Yeah, two, uh,
1: two pretty good lineups here, I think. I think I'm going to err on the side of the Desert Dogs this week. Just think it's a, a little better matchup for them. it's pretty relatively close, though. Just do not like Dalvin Cook and MVS and the flex spots for the Wolves. Over under uh, six points combined from those flex spots. Yeah, that's, that's just not going to cut it. I think the rest of the lineup should keep it
2: close for you, but that's going to be the downfall. Um. Yeah. I mean, Eckler is going to go in there, oh, and maybe maybe it's a Mooney week. Uh, I don't know. Is we'll that, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll see what other kind of fodder I can find out there to to
0: slot in there. Is Eckler uh, going to play? No, probably not. He's okay. missed practice a week. all week.
2: Right. Okay. And yeah, that that, that kills me. Uh, to answer the question, this is going to be a pillow fight. First to 90 wins, but I do think the powder blue Sea Wolves pull it out. It's tight.
0: All right. Uh, normally, I'd say no reason not to. There's one reason not to, and that's that Roscoe Johnson might be the best running back in the Bears' backfield. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, actually, hold laugh. on. Hold on. You Sorry. Sorry. Roscoe Johnson is the best player that plays running back for the Bears in the backfield. (laughs) Justin Fields is the best running back on the Bears. Did you see
2: Justin Fields throw his coach under the bus this week?
0: He stinks. He is (laughs) awful. We were talking about it right before you got on the FaceTime with us. I said, the thing I hate about Justin Fields, not only is he awful at football, he's an absolute dick. And he just, yeah, I'm just not a fan, but... Uh, really? I mean, they gotta
1: cut him loose this week, right? Like he's just Fields, yeah, or Ross. Like, like, as far as like, they're just gonna let him run. He's he's just gonna have to be taking off with the ball now. Like, you can't say that shit. Like he basically was frustrated that they're making sound. Like it sounded like he's frustrated that they're making him pass the ball. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what I took out of it he feels like a robot he feels yeah. like a robot having to throw the ball he wa-
1: he doesn't want to like that's what it's out like he wants to be able to take off and use his legs i mean that's what he's good at um he, so is this
2: you, a field you, field you gets, gotta do it now, right? game Does fields <laughs> get loose this week
0: i'd like we to, to know game. <laughs> i'd like to know what the wide receiver that they traded the first <laughs> overall pick in the draft for feels about this situation um <laughs> God, that's just so bad. Um, but despite that one reason not to, taking the Desert Dogs to win this week. All right, next game. Bullweevils, Weevils, Fleetwood Franchise. Right now, Franchise is 17-point favorites against the Bull Weevils. Both teams sitting at one-on-one one in the L.A. division. On the bowl the side, Kirk Cousins, Joe Mixon, Brees Hall, Jalen Waddell, Christian Kirk, David Njoku, Christian Watson making his debut. And then Nico Collins um, in the flex, too. David Montgomery lost for this team. J.K. Dobbins lost for this team. Um, sleeper on the bench, Rashid Shaheed. Like that dude for neurons. I think he's good. Um,
2: is there anybody
0: on the Saints you don't like? Yeah. Yep. Alave. <laughs> <laughs> and Derek Carr. I hate Derek Carr. He stinks too. Um, all right. So, my question is um, I think this guy was added last week. Didn't really think much of it, but basically, if you've watched any Houston games this year, They're just going to let their rookie quarterback throw it 50 times a game. And they're just, you know, they don't care. So, uh, Nico Collins so far, 6 for 80 on 11 targets. And then 7 for 146 in a tutter last week on 9 targets against Indianapolis. Got Jacksonville this week. Um, It's gotten a lot of buzz and waivers this week if he hasn't already been picked up. What do you guys think about Nico Collins?
1: Yeah, I think Bull drafted him late.
0: Oh, he did he draft a, him? He was a late draft okay. pick, yeah. All right, my
1: bad. I remember uh, he was one of like the, the few wide receivers left. I think Bull snagged him. Um, been outstanding. Um, can't believe that Stroud has been throwing this much this early. Um, I, I, I thought Stroud was going to be okay. I didn't think he was going to be – not that he's been great, but I mean – Clearly, they're they're comfortable with him chucking the ball around the yard, which is just weird to see for rookie quarterbacks. Um, been better than I thought. Um, yeah, this guy seems like he's clearly the number one guy in town. Um, looks like a really serviceable um wide receiver play here. I don't know that it keeps up all year. Um, I think there's there's definitely some growing pains to look for um, as as the season goes on. More tape on Stroud. What not. Um,
2: but clearly, it looks like Bull has found
1: himself a nice, uh, nice
2: cheap wide receiver here. Wow. What, what, what a hot take. You don't think he's going to average 10 targets and 115 yards every week? Man. Um, I've been surprised by Nico. How many
0: Chettis, Phil?
2: <laughs> Zero. <laughs> this is just who I am. Miserable. <laughs> I, I didn't think – I'm surprised by the whole situation. But I, I love the, hey, we're just going to throw you in the ocean and figure out if you can swim type of mentality with rookies. As long as you're not David Carr and you're going to get sacked 60 times and almost killed and it ruins your football career forever. Um, I – i got to agree with Shane. I don't think he's going to average 115 yards a game, but he's a strong flex play rest of the season as long as we keep seeing this trial by fire.
0: I have to believe we're going to see that because the defense stinks. Yeah. I mean, Anthony Richardson looked like Cam Newton against them until he got hurt. Yeah, I think the one
1: underrated part about him, the defense is pretty bad. I think the one underrated part about their team is they have a pretty decent offensive line, um, which helps, which, ha- which helps the
2: case. Um, yep. gives gives them a little chance to test out their
1: quarterback, and while, well, like Phil said, so he's not getting killed. Um, they just don't have not had a ton of playmakers in a while, and the defense obviously hasn't been able to keep them in games to keep them relevant. But the offensive line is is actually pretty decent.
0: You'll get to see him up close and personal in week four against your Steelers, Phil.
2: They know us; we know them. <laughs> Prime time football.
0: All right, Fleetwood franchise. Um, they have Debo Samuel going in this game tonight. Halftime six points. Fleetwood franchise rosters: Tua Tagovailoa, who after week one was number one in RG three's MVP rankings for those that care. Uh Brian Robinson Jr., Miles Sanders, Jamar Chase, Debo, Dallas Goddard, Javante Williams, and Mike Williams. Daniel Jones not getting the start tonight. Um I haven't seen much game well news, but gotta feel like DeAndre Swift might be in play to be out there for this team this week. Um so far, Brian Don't Call Me B Rabbit Robinson Jr. 19 for 59, one catch for seven yards and a touchdown. Last week, 18 for 87, two touchdowns, uh, two for 42. That was a bad reference. I should have said Cheddar Bob instead of (laughs) B-Rabbit. Got Buffalo this week. What do you guys think about Brian Robinson, Washington sitting there at 2-0? Yeah,
1: he's been pretty pretty outstanding the usage has been there um 19 carries 18 carries gotta love that washington offense has been pretty good pretty good uh, surprising sam house seems like he's at least competent back there as a quarterback which has kind of been a problem for them in, in recent years where you can't really take the pressure off the offense because the quarterback hasn't been up to par
0: hot take um, hot take My nine-year-old Emmett told me that Sam Howe's sick.
1: (laughs) 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 All right. I mean, he's at least, seems like a step up. He's played pretty well for two games. Um, And Robinson's been a beneficiary of that. Um, Like it to continue this week. Not sold on Buffalo's defense yet. Um, think uh, another solid week for uh, Robinson. I wouldn't wouldn't put it uh, past him to get get in the end zone again. I'll
2: tell you what, I I love ESPN. So Brian Robinson Jr. RB three. Uh, the first video says why fantasy managers should start Brian Robinson Jr.
0: <laughs> it's really gone downhill uh, since Barry.
2: Left. Like man, I, I just inject this content. <laughs> What would people do without this video? Um, look, we, we know the poor man's Bijan has been having a great season. Uh, they're so strong up front defensively. <coughs> it's going to continue to get one in the trenches, and there's no reason not to start them. So don't even no need to watch that video. <laughs> He's going to continue being great. Just throw him in your lineup. True or false? Go so ahead, this, Shane.
1: This hatred for the Washington defense all stems from the fact that they drafted Chase Young second overall.
2: No. <laughs> it's not hatred.
1: It's just me making fun of you.
0: Hit him with the fact, Shane.
1: So I was read, reading up on some content last week, and it ran across a stat that last year, Washington's defensive line was rated number three in the NFL. That, that's what we're talking about. So you all laughed. All laughed. But... <laughs> you're, you're clearly still laughing.
2: <laughs> but you're all you're all laughed and still laughing.
1: You act like I'm I'm pulling this out of my ass, but the Washington defense, especially the line in front
2: seven, has been pretty good. Did you read that in your 2023 fantasy magazine that was published in January? <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, quickly, give me some winners for franchise Weevils.
1: Yeah, a lot of question marks over there on the Weevils' side. Uh, Jalen Waddle, I don't think he's practiced yet this week.
0: He's concussed.
1: Christian Watson, what's he going to bring to the table? I'm excited to see that. Um, Could be a big boost for the Weevils. Is he he healthy? Um, That being said, give me... Fleetwood
2: franchise. I'm gonna take the franchise. I don't think it's close. I just want to make one point. I've been getting shit for my bench. Franchise has Daniel Jones rostered. They've got Sky Moore in there who put up the, the three target, zero reception, week one performance, and whatever is left of Jarek McKinnon. So whoever lives in the glass house, cast as many stones as you want. Franchise,
0: take this one. <laughs> so that glass house comment towards Ty might work if Ty ever said a mean thing about any, <laughs> anyone in his life. Literally the nicest guy I've ever met. It was, um, it was just nonsense. I was I, the one talking trash on your bench. Yeah. I,
2: think it, I think his team's good, and they win this week.
0: I will take the RG3 number one MVP candidate led to a Tagovailoa. Fligo we do franchise. not care. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we, we do not
0: care Take the franchise to win
1: To answer your question
2: <laughs>
0: Alright, next matchup Alright, next game is Mix Mad Dogs <laughs> versus Take Your Ball and Go Home The 0 and 2 Mad Dogs Against 2-0 T-Bag First in the Peyton Manning division On the Mad Dogs side We got Jalen Hurts, Tony Pollard Damian Pierce Devonta Smith, Jordan Addison Kyle Pitts, Rashad White, Terry McLaurin, on the teabag side, Trevor Lawrence, Isaiah Pacheco, Zach Moss, those are some stud running backs, Amon Ross (laughs) St. Brown, Keenan Allen, Sam Laporta, Devontae Adams, DJ Moore, no George Pickens sighting yet in this lineup this week. Let's start off with the Mad Dog side. Um, I am ready to declare this year's milk carton. You guys ready? Kyle
2: Pitts.
1: (laughs) That would would have to assume that he was ever found.
0: So hold on. Hold on. No, because he went over 1,000 yards as a rookie, which is a tight end is something that is not heard of. But this guy stinks. I don't even know if he stinks. It's just an awful situation. Awful. Yeah,
1: I mean. Like we said last week, I said they're kind of scared to let Ritter throw the ball. Um, Not a whole lot of room in the passing game so far. Um, More of a running back offense at this point for Atlanta. I think if there's going to be a week to get loose here, I I think there's some some room for some points here against Detroit. Um, But I'm still not buying into the the Kyle Pitts situation.
2: Yeah, if it's not this week, you gotta, you gotta wonder what the hell you're gonna do with it the rest of the season, because at, at Lions, in that dome, they played so many, and there's like 43, 38 games. I just don't, I don't know what the hell you do with it. it, it it's like DJ Moore in the lineup. I don't so pj moore goes off once in a while it's a weird situation and i'm i'm not sure he's any good i'm getting some eric ebron vibes when he was in detroit and then he just went to the steelers and was fodder from there on out so oh i don't know about pitts man if it's not this week i'm smashing that panic button
0: Ebron did have that one really good year on the Colts, but... Um, yeah, like 10 titters or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm out on pits. Um, I'd be looking to stream tight end and trade pits and see if someone is willing to give you anything for him. Uh, he's had eight targets so far this year, two catches in each game. He is tight end 28 on the season. Going over to take your ball and go home. I'm on Ross St. Brown. Obviously, we don't know if he's going to play this week with turf toe. But I'm going to go to his teammate. Same position as Kyle Pitts. Tight end seven. I did not know who this guy was when he was drafted. But Shane goes out there and gets Sam Laporta. He's got 11 targets so far in two games. He's out there all the time. Looks pretty decent. Um, how do you guys feel about Sam Laporta as an option in the Detroit passing game?
1: Yeah, I love him. Um, I, I think he's going to be pretty steady all year. I know what Phil's going to say. Phil's always kind of a downer on rookie tight ends, especially. Um, expecting him to fall off. Um, but I was high on Laporta coming in. I, that's why I wasn't too worried in the draft. I think Fegley was screaming at me that I had to draft a tight end. Um, I saw Laporta was still there, so I was like, you know what, I'll just take him at the end. Um, thought there was going to be some pretty good value. Obviously, if you don't get, you don't have Kelsey or Kittle or Hawkinson. I mean, there's only a handful of guys that are Andrews that you really feel comfortable having. Um, I figured Laporta was going to be just as good as, I mean, anyone near the, the bottom of the tight end one range. So and so far, he's looked good. He's on the field like he's had a lot. He's, he's been running a lot of routes, plays just about all the time. So I mean, what,
2: what more can you ask for out of uh, just a, a value tight end? My God, where do these damn big white Iowa tight ends come from? <laughs> they, they they just Iowa. keep pumping, they keep <laughs> pumping them out. They come from Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is this is one uh, I'm not.
0: Also, and Noah Fan, down. Noah Fan would like a word.
2: <laughs> Didn't Hawkinson go to Iowa too? Like,
0: yeah, yeah. Prior, no Noah not white. Dallas,
2: Dallas Clark. It's ridiculous. Kittle. Um. No, I. This is a rare case where I'm, I'm going to agree with Shane. I. I just don't see him having the same floor. I can't. I can't wait for Cause to send me a stat line through three quarters where he doesn't have a single target this weekend. <laughs> but I, I don't. I don't think he has a floor like other normal tight ends do. It's just too good of an offense and too good of a situation. And he plays so much that he's going to get targets. He's going to get yards every game, even after I'm going to get that the eyeball emoji with zero targets through three quarters this
0: weekend. Shane, you think I'm on raw plays?
1: Um, it's not looking great, but luckily I, um, have wide receiver 16 ready to to stash in there um, just in case he doesn't go. So always nice to have a a top 16 wide receiver on your your bench to uh, be able to use in situations like this. He's top top 16 in case you didn't know.
0: Bonus question for Phil.
2: I don't even know who we're talking about.
0: Sunday night primetime, Devontae Adams against the Steelers. Oof. My God.
2: My god, like a a vet like that? I mean, look, he's played against the Steelers plenty of times. He knows them. They know him. You can expect big things. Um Steel Steelers are probably walk in one defense time and call it a day.
0: All right. Who's winning Mad Dogs versus T-Bag?
1: Yeah, this is kind of do-or-die time for the Mad Dogs. You know, can't really start out 0-3. It's going to be a tough uh, tough sledding to get back into it if you do. Um, I think this is a pretty good matchup. Um, got some question marks here on T-Bag's side for sure. St. Brown, Pacheco, not really sure if he's going to play and obviously not a whole lot of depth in the running back room <laughs> um, on our side.
2: Yeah, you got, you got to have Pacheco play or else you're screwed.
1: Yeah, um I, I think it's mad dogs and it's pretty close. Um I'm staring Tony Pollard in the face right now. Um I think this is one where Teabag Bag leads by a small margin going into Monday night. And, I mean, Jalen Hurts Monday night. I'm seeing Oh my two god. Half yard tutters that Oh my god.
2: He just gets pushed in. Um He's not even touched on those tutors either. <laughs> he's not even touched. He, he's fallen down five yards deep in the end zone. <laughs>
1: so yeah, give me the mad dogs and a close one.
2: Oh man. Hurts, Pollard, Devontae Smith. Even like Rashad White, like he's had a pretty good season so far. Um not all that surprising there were a lot of people high on him coming into the year <sighs> I like the bad dogs I, I don't know if Shane's running back room can get to 10 points and that's the deciding factor here have we ever had a team that's 2-0 and have this kind of a running back presence
0: yeah Shane every year
2: yep. that's right <laughs> he's just normally not 2-0 mm.
0: Um I this is weird. I like the Mad Dogs too, so all three of us think the O and two team gets it done and takes down Stein. Stein will be the only three and O team after this week. <laughs> uh next game, ice cream versus the flock. Two and O ice cream, 0 and two flock. Ice cream projected one sixteen to one oh nine right now. Nobody uh in this matchup playing tonight. Ice cream side, Justin Fields, B. John Robinson, James Conner, Justin Jefferson, Chris Godwin, Travis Kelsey, Tyler Algier, and Tutu Atwell. On the flock side, Joe Burrow, Kenneth Walker, Josh Jacobs, T. Higgins, Kendrick Bourne, Mark Andrews, Alexander Madison, and Gus Bus Edwards. Rounding it out for the flock. Um, Going to do everything we can to not talk about Justin Fields yet again. Let's talk about uh, Tutu Atwell. He was the Rams' second-round pick a couple of years ago. Basically their first-round pick because they never have a first-round pick. But so far, he's got 17 targets in two games. Hasn't found the end zone yet, but 6 for 119, 7 for 77. He's been out there a lot. Looks good, um, along with Puka Nakua. And... Got a pretty decent matchup, I think, Monday at Cincinnati. Um, What do you guys think about 2-2 Atwell?
1: They've been pretty good. Um, Buck 19 week one, 77 last week. So, I mean, the receiving yards are there. Um, Rams' passing offense has looked pretty good. Pretty good without Cooper Cup. Um, Atwell and Nakua step right in. And um, the Rams don't miss a beat as far as the passing offense goes. Um, I, I think it continues. I um, hate to pull the trigger so early, but I, I don't know that the Bengals are going to recover as well as they have last. I guess last year where they struggled out of the gate. Um, last couple of years maybe. I, I think uh, it continues, and we see another solid, solid fantasy performance from uh, from Atwell.
2: It's really not the the Van Jefferson offense that I I thought it was going to be unfortunately Uh, Atwell's been good Jefferson stinks he's so bad he's just he's so bad um but yeah I I agree Rams are a little bit better offensively than I thought they were going to be they're showing some life maybe that's because of McVay uh guy knows how to scheme an offense not sure if you know who he is um Atwell's strong season continues
0: this week. It's like you were in our golf cart on Monday making fun of McVay. Because <laughs> I don't know of many coaches that could make this roster look half decent offensively. Um, I know. So I'm, a, I'm a McVay guy. I think he's pretty good. Um, just a side note, Bijan John Robinson, as advertised... Um, he's looked outstanding so far for Atlanta, so 19 for 124 last week, 4 for 48. Um, definitely like what I see from Bijan in Atlanta, so that's a good first-round pick for the Falcons, other than Kyle Pitts. Um, this isn't the question for the flock. Uh, we'll get into something else, but are we sure Joe Burrow's good?
1: I mean, as a keeper in this league, (laughs) no. Um, Still think he's, I don't want to press the panic button too early, like I said. I mean, I think the Bengals are going to struggle. But I think Burrow is, he's better than he played so far, obviously. Um, Still some question marks with their offensive line. Still not great. Been their problem for two years now. Um, Haven't figured it out. Uh, and if you don't get the offensive line figured out in this league, you, uh, you run the risk of what's happened. And I think they've, they've played a couple of good defensive lines so far. I mean, the, the Cleveland defensive line is, is pretty good. That was a tough week one matchup. Um, so anytime they're, they're going up against a team that has a good, a good pass rush, they're, they're going to struggle a little bit. Their offensive line is weak.
2: Guy I work with, um, also on the payroll,
0: one of the many Seawolf scouts we have scattered and planted throughout the country. Is he in La Trobe?
2: He, Now, he's a huge – he votes in Cincinnati, huge Bengals fan. And uh, we were talking about this very topic today. And he's claiming uh, Burrow always starts slow, no need to panic. They're still the best team in the division. And I, I, I kind of agree with him. Um, he's the best quarterback in the division. It's not close. Don't give me the Deshaun Watson stuff. I don't care. Uh, it's Burrow. He'll be fine. He's still a really good quarterback, both fantasy and real life. All
0: right. Question for the flock team is, is Kendrick Bourne the answer at the wide receiver two position?
1: <laughs> Man. Oh, God. I mean, you watch this Patriot team play on Monday night. Um Bourne got a lot of pub after the week one, two-tutter performance, um, monster target game. But (sighs) this Patriots offense, I mean, these receivers are running like high schoolers out there. Um, There's just no separation. There there seems to be no continuity, I want to say, among the entire offense. There's not... Doesn't seem like they have a plan, <laughs> which is weird to say for a Patriots offense. <clears throat> um, I, I don't think so. To answer your question, I, I think Kendrick Bourne. I think I told you guys I, he's a wide receiver three on most teams. Um, I, I just fantasy don't see
0: or real life. What's up? Wide receiver three for fantasy no, or in, real life? in real life. Yeah,
1: in real life, um, I, I just don't see that. This Patriots, Patriots offense is off. I don't know that Mac Jones is is very good at football. Um,
2: I, I'm out on on Patriot pass catchers. I don't think he's the answer at wide receiver too. Um, I'm not sure there is a wide receiver on the Patriots worthy of a wide receiver wide receiver two spot in fantasy. There's just to Shane's point. There's. There's something off about this offense. It's probably a combination of Mac Jones and the talent that they have thrown out there with Bourne and Parker and Juju. Just not very good. Uh, I don't. I, I don't think he's a wide receiver. too. should shouldn't be on this team or some anywhere else in the league.
0: I did hear this week that in the, over the last two free agencies. The Patriots have spent more on tight ends and receivers than any other team in the league. So if you're wondering who of Belichick and Brady was responsible for the dynasty, questions answered. <laughs> to steal a line from Phil. Expect oh. anything different.
2: Oh God, that, where'd you pull that from? I have no idea. Yeah.
0: Ice cream versus flock. Who's the winner this week?
1: Yeah. Um, I'm looking at this ice cream team and man, they figure out the quarterback position or if the one that they currently, one of the players that they currently roster (laughs) figures it out. Um, this is a scary team. Um, there's a lot of star power there. I mean, you start off with Kelsey and Jefferson, such an advantage every week. Um, Give me the ice cream in this one. Not close.
2: Man. I don't know if we've talked about him at all tonight, but this does feel like the game. Fields starts his second MVP campaign. (laughs) This is it. At Kansas City, goes tit for tat. With Mr. Mahomes, Esquire, give me the ice cream off of a big Justin Fields week this week.
1: I'll take the ice cream as well. God, you're going to force me to play a Fields-Tutter parlay again? (laughs) (laughs) How much money can one man lose on
0: Fields-Tutter parlay? Fields and Lamar, both to score twice.
2: Yeah, he's going to be sprinkled in two
0: tutters in a few places. Um, While while Phil was rambling about and calling Patrick Mahomes Esquire, um, (laughs) Matt Breida Breida punched one in for the Giants. So big touchdown there for Fegs in his matchup against Nevermore. Game of the week. How many teams can lose a player like Nick Chubb and still be the high score projection for the week? (laughs) Abusement Park. Shane said it last week, waiting for that crippling injury, and Nick Chubb goes out. So, uh, Beesman Park right now projected to win 117 to 110 over the curtain. curtain has got 16.5 from Christian McCaffrey with 10 minutes left in the third, and Darren Waller with 2.1. So, he's got two guys going tonight. Got a good one from McCaffrey. Needs some more from Waller here in the second half. Parkside, Jared Goff, Travis Etienne, Kyron Williams, Tyree Kill, DK Metcalf, TJ Hawkinson, Marquise Brown, Puka Nakua. On the bench there looming is RB1 in Pittsburgh, Jalen Warren. On the steel curtain side, Justin Herbert, Christian McCaffrey, Pittsburgh RB2, Najee Harris, Garrett Wilson, Amari Cooper, Darren Waller, Traylon Burks, and Josh Kelly. Um, no Brandon Ayuk tonight for the Niners and Jamal Williams. Um, not likely to play due to that hamstring injury. Uh, all right, let's start off with Abusement Park. Uh, let's talk about Jared Goff. Um, obviously, big golf hater from Reziers and the Rams. I uh, had a nice week last week against Seattle. 323 and three touchdowns. There was first interception in like 300 attempts, which is just... If you would have told me that Jared Goff was going to go 300 attempts without a pick, I wouldn't have believed you. He's like a top four quarterback in the NFC. Um, It's probably Goff, Hertz, Prescott, and Cousins in the NFC, just off the top of my head. Um what do you guys think about Jared Goff as a fantasy relevant quarterback for Abiesman Park?
1: Def, definitely fantasy relevant. Um, this is a passing offense. Um, the one thing I will say is, down in the red area, they're, they're more of a. They do like to run the ball in. I mean, we've seen Montgomery with a couple of tutters. We've seen last year with uh, Jamal Williams they, they do like to run the ball inside the 10 for sure which takes away some of his value but as far as passing yards the, the volume is there um, which is exciting so I mean Goff is definitely relevant he's playing really well in Detroit um, there's weapons uh, we talked about I mean, obviously St. Brown, Laporta um, Gibbs out of the backfield now um, there, there's plenty of opportunity there for for Goff to remain as a a quarterback
2: one. Man, I can't remember the last time there's been a quarterback trade, number one. Number two, I can't remember the last time it's worked out well for both teams. And as confused as Goff looks on the field, I mean, he's got like a little bit of that Eli Manning, like (laughs) what's happening around me (laughs) vibe. He can sling it. And he's been playing really well. He's, he's definitely a relevant quarterback option. And when they're playing at home, games like this against the Falcons, get in your fan duel lineups. The guy's a stud.
0: Yeah, um, I, not much else to say. I mean, there are good options out there. He's playing good football. No one really necessarily cares about the Lions. So you don't have to worry about that compared to being in L.A. where it felt like he was under a lot of scrutiny as part of McVeigh's offense. So it's definitely been a good trade for both sides. I don't think either side would give back that trade. Um, so you're right. One of the rare ones that's worked out for both teams in that sense. All right. On the curtain side, Justin Herbert at Minnesota. Um maybe one of you guys can look up that over under has got to be insane for that game. Both teams just hate winning. Um, they love to give up late scores to lose leads. Got to feel like chargers Vikings is going to be an absolute shootout in the dome against Minnesota. There are those two teams at Minnesota, Justin Herbert over under 27 and a half fantasy points this week.
1: Yeah, this is an over, um, uh... I didn't even have to look. Like, this is guaranteed one of those games, I was going to say, like, when you said the over. Like, this is guaranteed where the line's probably, like, minus one, minus one and a half. Like, you just have no idea who's going to win the game. You you can't even, with a good conscience, tell me, oh, yeah, this team's winning.
0: If you bet on either of those teams, the line, not an adjusted line, you hate yourself.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Why did yourself through that? Yeah. This is definitely
1: one where I'm going to get a message from Fegley Sunday morning saying he he loves one of these teams and I'm just going to tell him that I fucking hate him. Uh, I mean, there's no way. There's no way. I mean, props to him also. I think think we didn't shout out Fegley for the big hit on the field goal. Field goal bet last week.
2: That's happened
1: twice in the last, like, 50 years. And, and Fegs is the guy that would cash in on that.
0: Did we confirm if Freewald played that too?
1: <laughs> we didn't. I think he would have sent it to me if he did, but okay. it's, it's definitely something that he would have. He would have played. He loves playing that type of shit. Uh, what was the question?
0: <laughs> Justin Herbert over twenty-seven. Now. Yeah, we're, this Herbert.
1: is not an your podcast.
2: Um, we're, we're going over this. Is this is a shootout? Oh, yeah. I mean, he just did it against the Titans. No, no reason not to. Not an under's podcast. Um, yeah, I I have no idea. You could tell me any outcome from this game. And I would say, yep, I believe it. And, and keep on living my day and living my life. Um, also, one of those, even whatever team goes up big, it still doesn't matter. Like, it could all come back to the main, and it could still end up 35-35
0: and and overtime. I guarantee one of these teams has, like, a missed field goal or extra point that just cripples them in this game. Like, there's... Both teams are going to find some way to let the other one back in it at some point in the second half of this game. I will also take the over. Uh, Herbert's likely to have at least uh, three touchdowns in this one, so... Definitely think um, there's some big points in play for both sides. Who do we have winning our game of the week? Abusement Park against Steel Curtain.
1: Yeah, this is two really good teams. I think I still want to say, I'm pretty sure most people would probably say at this point, Abusement Park is the best team in the league right now. Um, The the projections agree. I think it's going to be a very high scoring game. He's got to dodge the really big late second-half push from CMC here. Um, You don't want to get buried with a 35-point effort from him, which is very likely. Um, But I I think abusing Park
2: still has enough to get it done, and we will await which one of their players goes down this week. Man. Man, after watching the the replay of that dirty hit by one of Tomlin's guys, I think it's safe to say you can probably – just cut Chubb loose. Doesn't necessarily have to take up a spot on, on your roster. Um, but this roster is so good that as long as they don't have any more devastating injuries to their top guys, they're, they're still a powerhouse and a fantastic team. I will just add in Christian McCaffrey. Through two weeks, RB one in everyone's minds, RB one in your hearts, another tutter tonight. That guy's unstoppable. But not unstoppable enough to overcome the sheer force of the abusement park in week three.
0: Give me the park. Yeah, I think I'm gonna take the park too. Um Traylon Burks, Darren Waller, those are two guys that just don't know Najee Harris. Same, um, I just think there's more um, opportunity for scoring on the park side, uh, so I'll take them to go to three and zero and stay pop, uh, stay atop the far division.
2: Najee Harris is just not. You throw him in the lineup in an RB two slot, you, you you feel sick to your stomach. On him in there. My RB 47 through the first two weeks, yuck. Just yuck.
0: Yeah, there's nothing that can set a franchise back than taking a running back and a mediocre quarterback in the first round back-to-back seasons. And that's yuck. what the Steelers did. So... That's that's where they're at.
2: I don't, I don't know if I agree with that statement. Which, <sighs> what what part of it? <laughs> Look, like they're they drafted at like pick twenty five. It doesn't
0: exactly. That's why like, you like don't like take. That's Niners why you don't take a quarterback. Trade Lance and trade him for peanuts, and they're still
2: probably the second or third best team in the league. Like that's. I Steelers have a lot of problems. Could they have done better with those picks? Yes, but that those guys aren't the reason. They're so shitty.
0: No, but they could have used like an offensive lineman and maybe someone in their secondary instead of those two picks because I think both those guys are replacement level. Niners about to take it in for that McCaffrey touchdown, number two that uh, we were talking about. Looks like it may be... Maybe coming up here, um, that would be big for the curtain in this matchup, obviously. All right, anything else to discuss in week three?
1: Yeah, I mean, kind of touched on it, but a little disappointing, we didn't get a... Uh, I noticed Phil was quiet about the uh, Pickens versus Hopkins. Thought we'd get a little update here after uh, George George went a little, a little nutty uh, on Monday night
0: your thoughts there? Shane's winning that bet right now. There you go.
2: Current Currently, <laughs> I didn't see Deontay Johnson getting injured right away. That, that, that's what it is. Okay. If that injury didn't happen, I would have said, I'm going to shame anyone that owns any Steelers <laughs> in fantasy football. <laughs> um, but look, he, he looked great. Pickens had uh, 70 yards of Pickett's 90 yards in the first half Monday night. Uh, that's what you expect. Primetime AFC North football. Steelers <laughs> know the Browns. Browns <laughs> know the Steelers. Son of soft cause. <laughs> what other meaningless things can I say? Um, it's a standard, which is a standard, and we all know what the standard is. It's a standard. Uh,
0: Shane, you want to give a shout-out to our latest subscriber that just messaged us before the show went off?
1: <laughs> yeah. We, uh, we picked up a subscriber tonight, Mikey Bruce. Um, <laughs> a big fan of the show. Messages me uh, because God uh, says... What's he say? Uh, new follow with our uh, our Spotify uh, latest episode. Oh.
2: Today. Hopefully he's using a Spotify premium account. That's We need those subscribers.
0: He's here for that hard hitting RB analysis because we know uh, last year, I think Mikey drafted a team without any running backs on it. So, um, don't know if it was. As successful as 2023 Teabag, but shout out to Mikey. Thanks for the follow. All right, that wraps up week three in the Sons of Fantasy Football League. We'll be back next week for another mediocre Thursday night game, a mediocre podcast, when we talk week four in the Sons of Fantasy Football League. Thanks for listening.